I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Howdy, welcome, son. We've been expecting you. <laughs> it's a bold start. It is. <laughs> I like it. You, do, you, went, you went for it, and I approve. Yes, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Only the real hardcore nerds will understand what that was. Mm. Um, but uh, this week is our capsule review of the seventh James Bond film, Diamonds Are Forever. Mm. Yes. Yes, we, th- we, we said this was going to be our next one, and we've, we're, we're sticking to our guns. We are sticking to our guns. It's one of our favourites, if I'm uh, honest, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I would say we don't have a bad word to say about it, but we've not done the review yet. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, no, I, I do. Go. I do love it, um, but it, it does have some issues. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, all right. Maybe maybe we should start on one of the uh, the cons. Um, yes. <laughs> Mr. Connery was not giving it heart and soul, if I'm honest. No, I think that's fairly obvious, isn't it, all the way through. He yeah. he really wasn't. Um, he was there for the money, wasn't he? Um, I mean, this for context, this film followed On Her Majesty's Secret Service, starring George Lazenby. Um, there was, I think, a certain amount of panic in the studio following mm. that film. Um, and they basically threw money at Connery until he agreed to come back and do another one. Um, uh, yes, that's um, about the size of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you say it, you go, it followed on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And you go, the f- the difference between it's it's almost hard to believe, isn't it? It's go, such a stark difference in style. It's weird. And go, oh, there's only two years difference. What? I know. It's like you're watching a different film series. It's it, bizarre. It's really um, weird. Um, uh, it, because the tone was massively different. Because you, yeah, On Her Majesty's Secret Service was in, was quite gritty. And quite gritty, quite, yeah, quite dark in places. Yeah, um, it, it lent heavily on the reality of things. It did. The fantasy of things. No um, real gadgetry or anything like that. It was incredibly tight to the book. Mm. Um, I mean, and then we get to Diamonds Are Forever, and you, you, you <laughs> yeah, could I'm be, sorry, f- what? <laughs> yeah, you could be fooled into thinking again. Oh, it's, Connery seems to have been cast in a Roger Moore film. Yeah, it's so different, isn't it? It's mm. such a... And then now I know that was a deliberate effort because they were, you know, on Her Majesty's Secret Service at the time hadn't worked, they didn't think. I mean, it took a long time <laughs> to, mm. to get to where it is now. Um, it, it's almost brushed under the carpet, isn't it, in the pre-title sequence of Diamonds. They kind of... They have Bond searching for Blofeld around the world, and mm. then he finds him and he does him in, and that's that all dealt with. That's that storyline all tied up. Um, but I've always thought you could watch You Only Live Twice, skip over on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 
mm. and then watch Diamonds, and it would still kind of make sense. Yeah, and I get the feeling that, well, f- well, we know for a good number of years, if not decades, that was the case. That was the case. On Her Majesty's Secret Service wasn't in the VHS collection you could buy for years and years and years. Um, I, yeah, I think we had to get to sort of mid to late 90s before it was allowed yeah. into the set. Before people started to kind of revisit it and say, actually, this is pretty good. Mm. <laughs> um, it took a long time. Certainly, United Artists did nothing to promote it, and they almost wanted to try and forget about it. It's like, no, mm. we didn't really, we didn't really do that one. And the return to the the more fantastical kind of style of Goldfinger, they even bring the Goldfinger director Guy Hamilton back for this mm-hmm. one. Um, set it in America. They even filmed a lot of it at Universal in Los Angeles. Um, it wasn't based at Pinewood. They did bits and pieces at Pinewood, mm. but the, the bulk of the photography was done at Universal um, yep. and on location in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, you will come on to that. And uh, yeah, I think they were scared. They, they were really worried that they had fatally wounded the franchise with Lazy yeah. That was um, it. They they were they'd got themselves a recipe book and went right. We're going to get all of what we deem to be the best ingredients and throw them all in. I think United United Artists looked at it and said, right, which which was the most successful Bond film so far? Right, Goldfinger. Let's do another Goldfinger. In fact, I believe in the original draft of the Diamonds Are Forever script, written by Richard Maybaum, the yeah. villain was to be Goldfinger's twin brother. <laughs> That's a that bit on the, the nose, isn't it? That was the original concept mm. uh, that they came up with. Um, and they were going to film it all in America. And in fact, they had actually got an American actor who was going to play Bond. Um, uh, John Gavin, he was called. That he was, was it, in, yes. He yep. was in Psycho. He played mm-hmm. the boyfriend in Psycho. Yep. Um, and they also, I believe, talked to Adam West, who was, of course, the original Batman. Um, they were very keen to make it a very American, well, because they needed, they wanted the American market. On Her Majesty's Secret Service had not done well in America on its release, um, and they wanted to try and recapture the American market. So they were going to film it all in America, they were going to have an American actor, um, and it was going to be in a very American movie. Um, yeah. But... Um, Cubby and Harry, uh, I believe, actually signed John Gavin to play the role. He was going to do it. He was all set. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, to I've do heard it. That. And uh, but United Artists at the last minute said, "No, we we want Sean. We we want you to get Sean back. Um, offer him whatever he wants. Um, uh, whatever yeah. whatever he whatever figure he comes up with, we will pay it. Um, mm. Just send someone to ask him and get him get him back. And I believe he was paid." at the time, the highest fee ever paid to an actor. Yeah, yeah, it was um, a record-breaking one. Um, I believe it was, it was $1.25 million. It was. One and a quarter million dollars to come back. Plus, um, they would make any two films that he wanted to to make. Oh, they, that they was would, it. They, um, would, but, they would finance and distribute any two movies he wanted to do. Which is um, correct, yeah, but it only ended up being one film, as we've discussed before. Yes, The Offence. Um, uh, yes, yeah. indeed, which kind of really didn't do very well at all. Um, and I yeah. don't know why the second one was never done. Maybe he agreed 
something with them later on, but um, I don't know about that. But mm. yeah, one point two five million dollars, which in nineteen seventy was just a colossal amount of money. Yeah, it's off the chart, that no? it is. Um, mm. And that was the reason he he did it. Um, but to his credit, he gave all that money away. He didn't keep a penny of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Gave it all to charity, to his Scottish education charity that he'd set up a few years previously. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, did, that did very well. But, um, yeah, it was, a, yeah, an incredible uh, sum of money. But there he was. They got him back. Um, I believe Cubby insisted that John Gavin's contract be paid in full as well, even though he never actually did yes. any work. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was all kind of signed and sealed, wasn't it? So there was, yeah, it was. It was very much pay it or be sued. Yes, they had to buy him out of his contract. So Diamonds Are Forever was a very expensive film, but for the first time, not all the budget went up on screen because they were paying people. Mm. Um, well, and as it, you say, Connery is not exactly giving it his his best work, I don't think. No, no, he's not. It's sim- simple as it, it. It is a payday for him. That is the only thing he's there for. But that's not to say it's a poor performance. It's just not heart and soul. Yeah, indeed, he's not terrible. Um, no. But it's a little bit lazy. Yeah, I mean, it's um, not never say never again. Come on. No, oh, um, no, 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 no. Take another, another few decades for him to sink down to that. Yeah. Um, but he's clearly not giving it his all. But then, you know, the, the script, it's not a bad script, but it got redrafted a few times because Richard Maybaum's original script was written around the Goldfinger's twin brother thing. Mm. Then when Connery was coming back, they wanted to draft it again, more tailored towards him. So Tom Mankiewicz came in and redrafted it again um, and went with the whole... Willard White um, uh, Blofeld storyline. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, it was Mr. Willard White I was doing at the beginning there. Um, well, <laughs> were you? I think, well, well, that, see, that's a good question, isn't it? Mm. Yes. In fact, it wasn't. No. <laughs> no. It, it was a cheeky bit of Blofeld with his voice changing malarkey. It was. Um, yeah, you mentioned at the beginning with the the pre-title sequence with the hunt down Blofeld and yeah, lob him in the one church. Where yeah. can I find him? Yes, yes, All lob him in in the hot gunk. Um, oh yeah, still don't know what that was about. To be honest, um, it's a very strange sequence. That <laughs> really but that was that was my point of going. That pre-title sequence is disjointed to say the least. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Isn't it? It's weird. It's badly edited. Mm, awful. You don't, yeah, you don't see what's going on. The voiceover doesn't seem to quite fit the action. Um, no, it, 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 it's really weird. I've got, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. But every time you watch it, you're going, what is, what have they what, done? Here? What am I watching? I know it's really odd. Mm. Really odd. It's such a clumsy way of dealing with what was such a powerful story in the previous film. Mm. Um, now I know um, the um, my mind's just gone blank. The director of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, 
Um, Peter Hunt. Peter Hunt, thank you. Um, he said that creatively what it should have been was that On Her Majesty's Secret Service should have finished with the wedding and then Tracy being shot should have been the pre-title of the next film. Hmm. And then you launch into the story that follows after the title sequence. But when it became clear that Lazenby wasn't going to do another one, they wanted to wrap the story up. So they stuck with the book, which also ends with Tracy's death. Mm. But the pre-title sequence, the five-minute pre-title sequence of Diamonds is the only time they give themselves to wrap that up. And it it's so clumsy, and it's not worthy of the story. No, it's bad. That's that. That I will flat out criticise the pre-type. Pre it's sequence. awful. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't do. It's not worthy of of the story they'd set up. It's really clumsy. It's too quick. It makes no sense. Mm. Um, it's just odd. It's yeah. just odd. And at, and at no point have they um, given any context to why Connery is now. An experienced pie eater in that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a bit larger than the last time we saw him. I mean, I know it's been a few years, um, but yeah, he's changed, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I can't criticise. However, it is noticeable. No, I'm. I'm. No, we're in no position to. <laughs> no, how, criticise how... expanding waistlines, but. Um, but then we're not playing James Bond. Uh, um, no, quite. Um, not, not yet. Anyway. Um, no, no, no. We'll, but yeah, it's really clumsy. It's really um, clumsy in that. Yes, they slip in that bit about Old Blofeld's having plastic surgery, which explains why he looks completely different mm. to everything, and the voice box, which explains how he's now British, whereas before he. Wasn't and then oh, I don't know. Um, it's very, very complicated. Um, and now he looks uh, remarkably, I mean, just purely coincidental, like uh, Mr. Henderson from Henderson from You Only Live Twice. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, but in the Bond world, yes, that's that's the first, I believe, the first and only time we've had a villain who has previously appeared in the series as a, as a different character. Um, yeah, we've had it the other way round. Uh with um Oh, oh with uh, Maud Adams. Yeah, we've had Maud Adams. Oh my goodness me, why can I not get the words out of uh who I'm thinking of? Oh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Oh <laughs> It happens. Oh, it does. It's painful. It really is absolutely painful. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm who... going to skim the internet because I'm I'm stuck. Um, the other way around was uh, Joe Don Baker, Brad Whitaker. <sighs> Quite then, right. Yes. Then, true. Um, yes. Everyone's favourite pain in the ass, Jack Wade. Jack Wade. That's right. Whitaker, who was a poor villain anyway. Koskov was a much better villain. It's um, the he's the one you remember. Yeah, he is. In fact, if you say who's the villain of. Living daylight, she'd say Koskov. Anyway, mm. um, sorry, yeah, sorry, the so brain yes. took a while there. That's all right. We have we have Charles Gray, um, mm. uh, who I uh, really like, but uh, a brilliant Blofeld. Yeah, he is a brilliant Blofeld, but it's it's a weird Blofeld. Um, uh, yeah, 
but yeah, the pre-title sequence, yeah, is is just odd. I don't don't get it at all. Um, no, 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 no. I, I agree. Uh, it's uh, if we have a little bit. I know. I know. If we touch on cars, I know we've we've oh. done we've done the Mustang to death before. We have. We've yes. described in minute detail <laughs> why that scene is so wrong. The huge cock-up that they made. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've been through that. We don't need to talk about the whys and wherefores we, of that. But it no. is an enormous cock-up. We know that that's a thing. We know he goes in one way and comes out the other way. It's, yes, yes, he does. Yeah, that's... Spinning the film around does, does not make it any better. It does not make it any better. And having it somehow flip over halfway through, I mean, if it could do that, then you wouldn't need to go up on two wheels. Very odd. Very odd. <laughs> well, um, it was a cock-up, wasn't it? And that was all they could think of at the last minute to fix it. Um, uh, yeah. So that... We, we know about that. Um <laughs> We do have a possibly our first hint of British Leyland. Yes, Mr. Bond in a Triumph stag. Yeah. Yes, large yeah. Scotsman in a tiny little sports car. Yeah. So yes, we've t- we've touched on that before, but I I got a lot of time for a stag and Yeah, me too. Me too. And the fact that I think I don't know if we've said it on podcasts before, but we've certainly said it to one another that some of the names or lines in this film feel like a bit of a stitch up. <laughs> no, definitely. Somebody was having. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah. You go. All right, Connery, you're going to walk away from this. We're going to make you look like a laughing stock because. Yeah. I well, think there's name... a bit of that going on. Oh, well, my name's Peter Franks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, very good. <laughs> Tiffany K- Tiffany Cash. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and everyone's favourite diamond. Oh, the Akbar Shah. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's no other reason for that. There that, really that, isn't. No, that was a writer with the two fingers <laughs> up going, I could have picked any other name, but I chose that one. You big think, Scottish dick. I yeah. think Harry Saltzman might have had a hand in that, because as we know, him and Connery despised each other by this stage. And uh, he, he was not in favour of Connery coming back. He thought it was a colossal mistake. Um, hmm. But I wonder if he had a word with either Maybaum or Mankiewicz and said, uh, can we... Um, can we have a, a little look at some of these lines and um yeah, yeah can we a... um can we uh, have some more s's in here somehow yeah, let's, let's have a bit of fun <laughs> yes yeah, yeah um, i'm sure that there was a bit of that going on cuz it's all over the movie and even as a youth uh it made me laugh yeah uh, cuz uh, it it's so blatantly obvious that a child <laughs> in single figures can go <laughs> They're making the man with the funny accent say funny words. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but they are. Yeah. They absolutely are. It's mm. all the way through the middle, like you say, with uh, Peter Franks. Mm. And um, well, it's just all of it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's everywhere. You've got creative license to give anyone any name, uh, but it's very deliberate. It's f- ridiculous no i um, think it is no, i think it is but it's something about the accents in that film because you've got connery with his very distinctive one charles yes. gray with uh, 
possibly the most thespian oh, accent known to man. Obviously, I mean, I know he's a very talented actor, and I know, uh, I know he's done Shakespeare because I've seen him. Do, yes, he has. He's played yeah. Julius Caesar and such. Yeah. Like. He's very, very, very good. Very yeah. classically trained. Got yes, it. but that does come that does come through quite heavily. Um, but then you've got. Um, uh, Wass's chops as once we get to um, uh, America and we get unveiled uh, uh, Jimmy Dean as Willard White. Oh well, he was I mean, wonderful. Yeah, he was he was great. But my goodness me, the accent—it's it's off the charts. Yeah, but he does talk like we did. He did talk like that. Yeah, yeah, I know he's not putting that it was, on, but no, that is his real voice. It, it, <laughs> It it seems ridiculous when you think about it. You, go, you don't go around talking like that, do you? But well, he did. Yes. He made a lot of money advertising sausages out of it. Um, oh, God, I'd forgotten about that. That was his business. He was the sausage king. That was Not it. like that. Oh. <laughs> no. That right. King. Now <laughs> that is the name of the episode. He was the sausage king. He was. <laughs> Oh, we haven't even got on to Winton Kid yet. Oh dear. But um, uh, yeah, uh, whatever whatever melts your butter suits me. I believe was his advertising uh, slogan. Yes, I, oh boy, yeah, I'd forgotten all he about that. He made a lot of money out of the sausage business. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, as much as Winton Kid, perhaps. Anyway, uh, um, um, if I may, um, you mentioned. The uh, Akbar Shah there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to just talk about that little scene between mm. Bond and M as they wait to go in to see Sir Donald. Um, M's very thinly disguised hatred for his star agent here is enormous. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss it, can you? But you look at that, you know, and he's having a go at him and say, may I remind you that Blofeld's dead and all of that. The least we can expect out of you now is a plain, solid work and all of mm. that stuff. You think, well, his wife has just been murdered. You want to cut him a break here? <laughs> I mean, come on. Jesus. Mm. He's not fussed, is he? No, it's like, you know, you might mm. want to cut him a little bit of slack. <laughs> Um, but it depends how you watch it, I suppose. If you ignore Secret Service and it's just you only live twice straight to Diamonds and he's been off for years tracking Blofeld down all over the world, not telling them where he is, um, you know, messing around, um, fair enough, perhaps. But if you look at it in terms of, you know, a year or so after On Her Majesty's Secret Service, you kind of think, well... That's a mm. bit harsh. Yeah. He has just lost his wife. It, Come on. <laughs> you're never going to get any compassion from him, though, I'm afraid, are you? No. It's, um, it's, because it's a, it, again, it's a strange scene. And and there's so many in-jokes in it, you know. Um, you know, we do function in your absence, Commander, and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we have all um, of that nonsense. Then um, there's... What's he on? Oh, it's about the sherry, isn't it? Where oh, yes. pity about your liver share. <laughs> and then on the unusually fine shalera. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> it's 
Yeah. Perfect. What was it? Oh, 51, I believe. Yeah. 1851, yes. Yeah, there, there, was, is, there is no, yeah, for Sherry 007. <laughs> yeah. Referring to the original vintage uh, on which the Sherry is based. <laughs> <laughs> How many S words can mm. you get in one sentence? Yeah. <laughs> They've been yeah, up that... all night working that out. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I mean, his contempt for him is is very consistent. We is enormous, and again, I wonder if that's coming from, you know, Harry, who will have had that stuff put in there. I'm sure. Mm. Um, you know, we need to, you know, really make this uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But a little uh, note uh, in that sequence as well: Lawrence Naismith, who plays uh, Sir Donald, mm-hmm. um, is also the judge in the Persuaders, and it's actually the same year. Of this film, oh, okay. Because um, the Persuaders was, um, I believe, seventy one and seventy two. So oh, there he, you go. he yeah. would have been filming the first series of Persuaders um, at the same time as Diamonds was being made. So yeah, good, um, good, nice little fact. So there we go. Proof. Yeah, indeed, a little double bond there. Nice. Um, yes. That's good but stuff. That that scene is quite. Uh, there's a lot of exposition in that scene where it explains the whole South African diamond industry and the fact that they've got this problem that there's people been smuggling them and that's Mm. quite good that's quite a nice bit of storytelling i thought sets it up quite well it's quite realistic you know they're diamond smuggling although again as connery says um you know really necessary to bring in our department on a smuggling matter Mm. that's it's Shimple like, smuggling matter. In that fact. was it. Yes. Yes. I think. I think you're right. I think it is, um, a really good bit of storytelling there because mm. it sets uh, it up really well. Yeah, and it's it's done nicely, and it's like you say, it's believable. You you can envisage that happening. Yeah, and it also introduces a number of characters during you know whilst he's explaining things, and we have the little kind of cutaway scenes mm. we meet we meet the dentist in south africa we meet winton kid we meet the old lady in amsterdam mm-hmm. um and we set up you know the whole kind of front line of the organization yes we do um we've mentioned them a couple of times now uh mr wint and mr kid yes the two weirdest henchmen <laughs> we have ever contended oh, with very strange aren't they <laughs> Really weird. Which it is, I mean, and that was a bold move for 71. Yeah, I mean, I quite like how they handle them because they, you, and I've seen a, a Bruce Glover who played um, Mr. Wint um, mm. say this in an interview in that they, they didn't make a lot of effort to be overtly gay they just you you see them holding hands the first time we and they walk Mm. off into the sunset holding hands so that establishes that they're a gay couple so and he said you don't have to act overtly gay if the audience knows you are Mm. that's all that's necessary um yeah and i thought they handled that quite well because particularly for the it would be very easy to what look look back on that now and think it's horrific but actually i thought they handled it quite well yes they're a gay couple we know they're gay that's just 
you know, they're not doing overtly gay things. You know, they're not massively camp. Or, you know, they don't dress particularly flamboyantly or anything like they might have had them do. Um, mm. You know, you know they're gay, and that's kind of all that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. Um, it was quite a forward-looking way of dealing with. It. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, that's probably um, to be admired for the time. I would say. Yeah, as I say, they could have very easily got that wrong, and you know, made them very stereotypically gay. Mm. As I say, flamboyant dress or being incredibly camp or whatever, but they don't do any of that. You just, yep, you see them holding hands, you know they're gay. That's the only mention we're going to make of it. Yeah. Um, um, and But they get, I mean, they get the same daft lines as everyone else, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. Bitten by the bug. Oh, what are you God. on about, man? <laughs> yes. Some of their lines. Oh, the talk about cliches. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, when they've got Connery in the coffin, and they're sending him in to the to for cremation. Um, yeah, yeah. Very moving. Mm. <laughs> what a glowing tribute, Mister Kid. Oh, weird, really <laughs> weird. Very strange. But I, th- I mean, with those two though, they are they're supposed to be weird and uncomfortable. That's the point. yeah, yeah. That is on purpose, and it it and it works well because you. You look at them and go, well, you do. Are they a bit daft? But then you go, well, actually, their weirdness makes them quite sinister. Yeah, they are quite creepy, aren't they? Mm. Um, and yeah, they are you... going around killing people. They're not just. And it doesn't phase them in the slightest. No, not at all. No, that's not it. They all. they drown the old deer, and then they go, oh, we must take some photos for the children again. You don't go near the children. <laughs> oh, no. Not safe. Oh. How kind of you, Mr. Kid. Yes. <laughs> no. The children. Amsterdam children. It's no no. But um they also the, the scene with the the scene with the dentist in well it was shot in the desert outside um Las Vegas, but it was doubling for South Africa. Mm. Um where they kill him with the scorpion. They actually toned that scene down. Originally, they jammed the scorpion into his mouth. Oh, um, but that is the jazzy Bond film. Yeah, they that felt era. that was a bit too strong, so they had him uh, drop it down his neck instead. Mm. Um, you know, down his back of his shirt, um, and that was enough. But originally, when he opened his mouth to, you know, looking being a dentist, um, to now open wide, open wide, and mm. he would jam the scorpion into his mouth. But they thought, and the tail was sticking out, and they thought mm. that was um, that was a bit too much. Mm. That is, yeah, that would have been overkill for that particular era of film, I think. But that shows the kind of the extreme nature that they had written for those characters that they actually had to, when they came to film it, they had to tone it down because they thought, well, actually, now looking at it, that's a bit much. Mm. Yeah. Um... But they are uh, they are kind of unique. They in, are in the I mean, Bond series. There's nobody else quite like them. Mister Wint uh, was a big fan of um, uh, cologne, shall we say? 
Yes, he was. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, one of us smells like a tarts handkerchief. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I'm, af- well, I'm afraid it's me. Sorry, old boy. <laughs> Sorry about that, old boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that. Yeah. I've smelt out aftershave before, and both mm-hmm. times I've smelt yes. a rat. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's some more of so the gunnery lines right there. He's constantly dousing himself, isn't he, all the way through the film. Um, mm. We suspect Mr. Kidd is probably bi because he makes some comments about um, Tiffany, doesn't he? Yes, and Mr. Wint is not amused. He's not amused. He's most attractive for a lady. <laughs> no, yes. he's not in a laughing mood. <laughs> That's a. No, you've got to keep the thoughts to yourself there. Um, yeah, yeah, don't be sharing that. No, um, no, but, that, that's um, they are a peculiar couple. But yes. as you say, it works because they're they're deliberately peculiar. They're really quite creepy. Mm. Um, and I don't. I, I think we've mentioned it before because um, we can make a very tenuous link back to um, back to the future, can't we? Via Bruce Glover. Oh, um, we can. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, because you're right. Uh, his son, Crispin Glover, mm. uh, was in. He's uh, in the first. One. In the first one, as George yes. McFly. George McFly. He was not in the second. No, um, because of some huge falling out with the producers. Um, yes, uh, yeah. Without going too far on a tangent, he the big fallout was he considered himself to be the main star of the film yeah, and not he, Marty. Yes. That's right. He was star of the film, not Michael J. Fox, as it turned no. out, or Christopher Lloyd. No, it was him. Yes. <laughs> Which um, oh, all he you have wanted... to do is watch the film and realize no, it's not the case, man. It's not really sorry. the case. No, you don't even appear until halfway through. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> But he, um, yeah, he uh, wanted uh, a huge amount of money to come back and do number two. Uh, and they basically said no. <laughs> and unfortunate for him, when that happened, no one even noticed it wasn't the same actor. No, it didn't. <laughs> I, I'm so st- I mean, I feel bad for the, for the chap, but absolutely yeah. no one noticed. If you... No. Was- if you'd have polled anyone after they left the cinema, yeah, it was the same bloke. Yeah, yeah. you would have. You just that's right. He was replaced, and nobody could tell. Mm. <laughs> like you say, poor chap, but he did ask for it. Yeah, not so good. But yeah, no, so no, he got he got a bit up himself um, after the success of Back to the Future. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, however, that was nothing to do with his father. <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, sorry about that. We we've digressed on tie. No, it's a nice, it's a lovely series. It's a lovely link. It's a lovely mm. link. Yes, you're quite right. It's the same family, but um, um, yeah, okay. Um, a character we are very familiar with, uh, Felix. Yeah, he's kind of something and nothing in there. I am going to go out on a limb and say the most underwhelming of Felix's appearances in the series. Yeah, yeah. He's not really necessary. Um, No, it it almost felt like it was obliged because they were in America. Yeah, you've got to have CIA involved, so it's got to be Felix. Um, Mm. But they get an actor who doesn't have a lot of presence and 
he's just given kind of bland lines. He doesn't really do anything. Um, yeah, he's I mean, he's forgettable because you could you could rewatch that film as we've done and go, oh yeah, he was in him. <laughs> well, when you mentioned it just then, I must. You said you know Felix. Is it Felix? Oh yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I nearly yeah. forgot. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I have a friend performance... named Felix who can fix anything. Mm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's very got... forgettable. Felix, I don't know the actor's name. Um, um, Norman Burton. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, but no. yes, something no. and nothing all in one go. Yeah, not not, not so great. Um, it just, I mean, we as we've said, it's so of obliged because it was in america and go i mean it is as we've said it is incredibly american it is incredibly american and that was that was originally a deliberate effort because it was going to be an american act mm. um then obviously connery came back and they had to change it a bit but yes it is a very possibly one of the, possibly the most american film until we get to license to kill i would say yeah, that that's American in a different way, isn't it? Yes. That doesn't feel anywhere near as forced as this one. No, it doesn't. And License to Kill feels a little bit cheap, whereas Diamonds doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I do. Uh, and I think when it comes to License to Kill, I think the setting it in America is absolutely pivotal to the drug element of that story well it is and of course it goes down into mexico and yeah which um, is yeah which is which is great and i don't i don't have an issue it doesn't feel forced like you say it does feel a bit cheap in comparison but yeah it 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 doesn't feel as forced as this no 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 no, no. um and the whole blofeld willard white you know, it's really supposed to be Howard Hughes and, you know, all yes, that of course. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was a story apparently Cubby came up because he was friends with Howard Hughes, of course. Um, yeah, he and, was mates with everyone, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's probably why he was so successful because apparently Howard Hughes said, oh, Cubby's coming to, to my city. So, you know, he sent the word out to all his hotels, casinos and restaurants and basically Cubby Broccoli is to be given everything he wants. Um, oh, we touched on something though. He, one thing he wasn't given was closed streets in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, you can't, can you? You can't close down the strip in Las Vegas. No, no, you um, can't. Uh, so that's why when they're having the chase in the Mustang again, you've got lined streets because obviously everyone in Las Vegas knows this chase is coming. Yeah, everyone we- knows there's a Bond film in town. <laughs> yes. and here, and they're filming, so go and line the street. Everyone lined up, like six deep, just mm. staring out into the road, so naturally. <laughs> and That's I know what happens. I know it'd be busy, but <laughs> uh, yeah. even so... Yeah, that's unfortunate, but there was just nothing they could do about it. I don't think it was just overwhelming. Um, but but yes, it was Cubby's idea that um, he'd come up with this this concept where he he'd gone to see Howard Hughes up in the penthouse where he was living at the time at the Desert Inn, and he'd 
Uh, he'd gone in and Hughes had turned around and it was a total stranger. It wasn't him. Um, and that was the, the concept he came up with where there's this guy who's been kidnapped, taken hostage, but nobody's seen him for years anyway. Mm. And he's up in this penthouse and everything else just continues as if nothing has changed. Damsing uh, runs itself. Self, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a splendid administrator. Mm. <laughs> But um, but that actually again is quite a strong plot point. I quite like that. Um, yeah, the concept yeah. of the the billionaire being replaced with somebody else, but because nobody ever sees him, nobody realizes, and the organization can be subverted if you like to do other things. Yeah. I quite like that. That's quite a good concept. Quite They're a good not... good idea. And, and, and again, with a lot of things that come up in this storyline, quite believable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the story is quite believable. The underlying story is good. Mm. It's all the other stuff they load on top of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Actually, is what it is. Mm. Um, we should um, touch on Tiffany. Not like that. Oh. Um, well, there's there's a line that would not get through censorship these days. <laughs> in and around her introduction, yes, um, <laughs> yes, that would that's not appropriate for uh, this era of cinema. But uh, the uh, as long as the color and cuffs match, colors and cuffs match. Yes. Yeah, oh dear, oh no. I mean, even at the time, you're looking and go, oh, my Christ. Oh, that's a bit near, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly strong character. Yeah, very. Yeah, good. Would good. Not, Jill St. John's very good in the role. Would not take any shit, and that's... No. Yeah. yeah. She's on top of the situation. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, very strong character. Um, very mm. strong actress. Worked very well with Connery, although if rumours are to believe they were having it away during the film. Um, oh, but, I um, knew that one. Yeah, that's... well, and he, apparently with Lana Wood as well, but um, oh. that's... Uh, Named after um, your father, perhaps. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of um, that. All of that. Yes, apparently he was... Um, yeah, Connery was quite busy during the months of, of shooting. Um, oh, I see. But flitting between dressing rooms as his... Uh, that is the rumour. Oh, that is right. the rumour, yes. But, of course, Jill St. John also dated um, Henry Kissinger. She also famously dated John DeLorean for a while. So, um, Yeah, um, I've seen the odd photo, actually, yes. Yeah, there are pictures of them together, mm. yeah, of mm. her and Kissinger and her and DeLorean. Um, mm. So I see another link back to Back to the Future. Oh, we're all over this. Oh, we're just tying up knots all over the place. Um, but um, yeah, apparently Connery was um, quite active on the set. Let's put it like that. <laughs> oh dear, putting it about a bit. Good God. Yeah, well, you know, he was he was not there for um, the right mm. reasons, shall we say? Oh, I just, I tell you what, I just, I've, I've clicked on a on on the internet. Um, You've been on the internet. And I found (laughs) a big old list. 
Right. Between marriages, St. John dated entertainment, sports, and political personalities, including, <laughs> I'm not going to do all of them, but my goodness God. me, um, as you've mentioned, Mr. Connery. Yes. Michael Caine, Henry <laughs> Kissinger. Yeah. David Frost, Bill Hudson, um, George Lazenby, Jack Nicholson. Really? Blimey. Oh, there's a brave one. Roman Polanski. I'm saying nothing. Oh, um, yeah. Tom Selleck, Robert Vaughan, Adam West. All of them. <laughs> Blimey. I'm, I'm just, I'm mainly reading out the headline ones here, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. It's truth. She was. I said, was she's not dead. I'm doing the the poor lady. John is still with us. Yes. No, no, I I apologize profusely. Um, (laughs) She she seems to be quite hungry for a bit of power there, I'd say. I think think that would be. Yeah. She knows how to get what she wants. I don't think that her character in Diamonds is too far removed from possibly. Her, her actual well she does uh she yeah she follows the power in the story doesn't she mm. um she will ally herself with whoever seems to be ahead at the time this is um, i i happen to be on this and going this someone's made a nice summary actually which is very interesting right? <laughs> the cat the character tiffany is argumentative abrasive loud and brash when compared to previous bond girls who were demure she's also the first american bond girl uh yeah i suppose so actually yeah that. she yeah. is yeah 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 there's a lot of a lot of firsts going on there in that film we Lots. should yeah she, she yeah but she's a really character um uh, yeah i i i think she's brilliant you know, a lot of time for for tiffany yeah 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 it was a good character well executed a fingerprint analyzer could do with some work but it was 1971 yeah come on yeah yeah but it's just, technology moves on it's fine yeah but in the previous time we saw mr connery he had that little pocket sized safe cracker and now she needs a whole half of a bedroom to analyze a fingerprint <laughs> yeah but he's got mi6 he hasn't oh that's true he's probably working she... with a different budget yeah, yeah. i was going to say she's got to buy off the shelf yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You're never getting that on a shelf. It's, uh, no, it's, no, it's a I wardrobe. Mean, it's, it's a strong <laughs> shelf required if you're going to do it. Yes. But, um, uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a valid point. I'd forgotten about a ridiculous machine, but, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It doesn't fool Bond, of course, because he smells the stuff on the glass. And has a little snigger, and he's already... We all he's already applied Peter Frank's fingerprint. So that's fine. To you, quite ingenious. Mm. <laughs> and that's where we see the uh, DBS in the background. Oh yeah, we get the arse end of that in the The bench. only link between this film and on Fantasy Secret Service is car. Mm. Yeah. That is the only reference to the previous film. Is is so, the fact that, that car is in Q's lab. So that's it. So that is them. Well, it's not strictly acknowledging that it's definitely a follow-on, but you can't can't really argue at that point, can you? It is that car, though, isn't it? It's mm. even it's the same color and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know it was Aston Martin's current model. Um, yeah. But 
nevertheless. Uh, but still, it, it, yeah, there was no reason for it to be there other than on purpose. No, quite. They've they've set that scene up, haven't they? I mean, mm. they've built the set and you know decided what to put in it. Yeah. So, um, so that is the only thing that suggests this does indeed follow on from on Her Majesty's, rather than skipping over it and it it kind of follows on from Unity of Twice. Yep. Which is uh, quite tenuous, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and it's nice that it's a car. It's nice that it's a car link and one of our favourite cars. Uh, yeah, that fits quite nicely for us. That's mm. that's a bonus for for, for what we we're don't doing see Mr. Today. Connery driving it. Unfortunately, he uses Dag, but that makes sense as well because he's undercover. Yeah, that's it. We get the only he's he pilots that and the Mustang, and that's kind yeah. of a lot, really. Oh, and a uh, moon buggy. Oh God, the moon buggy! <laughs> Can't forget the moon buggy, and then the moon buggy. Where is? There oh. you go. When it pans out, you go. Oh, that wheel appears to have come off. That's good. That um, yeah, only a, a visible wide screen film, but that's mm. what everyone's got these days. But yeah, they had a lot of trouble with it. Kept coming off. Uh, yeah, so that's not great, mind you. The um, the cars they're chasing him in seem to be quite ready to fall to pieces at the drop of a hat. So Yeah, that's not a good advert for American vehicles, is it? I believe they're Ford. I mean, there's a lot of Ford in this film. Yeah. Um, lots of Ford. Um, uh, that, some may say on purpose. No, sure no. not. <laughs> um, it's better than the AMC in... Um, uh, uh, yeah, at least the, at least the Fords are meant to be there. Yes, at least yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yes, Fords right. in America, yes. Yeah, um, it's Las Vegas police using Fords. Surely yeah. not. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, I would like to step back a moment, if I may. Uh, yeah. I think we need to discuss... Uh, we need to go back to Amsterdam, and we mm. need to discuss the fight in the lift. Okay. Because I go ahead. I think it's brilliant. It's 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 reminiscent of sort of proper spy shenanigans. I, I think I'd go so far as to say it's reminiscent of the fight on the Orient Express in From Russia with Love. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it's really well worked. And now the guy playing playing Peter Franks, I forget his name, but he was one of the stuntmen on the movie. And him and Sean worked out that fight themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Guy Hamilton really liked it because there was all the smashing glass and they had no room to move. And they were, you know, really, yeah. really uh, in that tight space and they could get the camera in close on them. Um, and I think it makes for a really good fight sequence. Yeah, but really good. It's just no, no messing about. It's just hand to hand. Yeah. Proper no gadgets, just no. going for it. That's yeah. it. Who is your floor? Yeah. That's that. right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you speak English? Yeah. Well, are you Manuel? Yeah. He's carrying his bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Piggy on. Yeah. Yes. That. that. Mm. Yes. And then does him in with a fire extinguisher. I think that's it's it's one of the strongest sequences in the film, actually. Yep. Yep. Sold. Yeah. Um, so. We've. We, I know we're jumping around all over the place, but I don't really care. Um, mm, yeah. 
there's I know I know we've had this conversation, but not on air. But we must um Hello, what the hell was that? Um uh, I think Sam was having a bath. You might have to put up with his singing. That's all right. That's fine. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind a, a little interlude there. That's just he's, he's wanted to be on the podcast for quite a long time. So, oh, you can let him know he succeeded this evening. Yeah, he's in. Excellent. Um, <laughs> no, my my one was uh, Willard White's Carzy. Oh, that's what I started with. It is. Um, Howdy, welcome, sir. We've been expecting. You got yes. any personal business to take care of, and there you go right ahead. Yes. <laughs> well, that's not all creepy, is it? It's not. And, and what... I'm going to watch it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the issue of going, right, you've got CCTV <laughs> staring at whoever is on the can, so yes. to speak. Yes. Um, that's very strange. He is slightly lavatory obsessed, isn't he? Because when we first meet him for real, he's in the on the throne yeah. and then later on when they get back to um what is presumably his office at uh, the penthouse he's mm. he's off he's off for a quick flush as well yeah, um, yeah he's he does have an obsession with the toilet he does <laughs> he's your kind of bloke uh yeah i mean i, I mean i can only dream of an, a toilet that well appointed um, it is really well as we've said before i don't on the podcast, I think we might have been having one of our strange conversations off air. Mm. But it swivels. <laughs> the engineering that's gone into that is most impressive. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you don't want that to be leaking. No, no. Not, no you not... need a tight seal on that. Yeah, you, 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 you don't want any of that escaping. No, no, no. No, um, no, no, no. But, I mean, it's not only a, a to quote partridge it's not only a buck rogers toilet it's um <laughs> it it's all the gadgets in there we've got telephones lots of tvs you're going you are spending a lot of time in here oh he can run his organization from in there yeah mm. absolutely he's got it all laid out and he all the phones with i believe some clocks on the wall as well with different time zones and things um it's all going on in there do you i mean that's weird isn't it to really time stamp your turd yeah, in different zones. Yeah. Yes. In Asia, I had splashed down at nine p.m. <laughs> yes. It's just weird. Just uh, let it go in time for the markets to open. Yeah, that's it. In London. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I really don't. Yes. Yeah, so he is bog obsessed. He is. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd forgotten that his appearance is coming out of the toilet. It's the first uh, time we see him. You hear the flush. That's it. FBI? Uh, CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, and, uh, of course, as well, we, sh we shouldn't gloss over Bambi and Thumper. We shouldn't. Um, no, or indeed Mr. Connery's outfit. Oh. Yes. <laughs> They've given him a child's tie. Because it only comes halfway down his front. It's ridiculous. Mm, yeah, now you say it. Yeah, It's about six inches wide. I mean, I know it was the 70s, but nevertheless, I mean, it's bright yeah. pink. Now, I haven't got a problem with pink. I have some pink stuff. Yeah. But if they could have made it a bit longer. Well, no. No, yeah. come unstuck with that. But, oh, but it is weird. Uh, it's a very are... strange outfit. 
Yeah, now you see. He has a lot of trouble with the turn back cuffs in this. Flapping them out all over them. Well, it, yeah, because I mean, it's. I know that they end up in the pool and whatever, but they are flapping about before they've even. Yeah, he has a lot of trouble with the turn back cuffs. I don't. They not. They haven't starched them enough. Mm. The the yeah, it's not good. Uh, no, no, that's fair. Um, so we've got his. But yes, yeah, Bambi and Thumpy are quite right. Good fight sequence, actually. Good fight sequence with them. Yeah, those two are not messing. No, um, they really kick the out of him. Yeah, that that was. I mean, I know that Bond must prevail, but in all fairness, they would have won in the. Yeah, well, they were there. winning. I mean, they yeah. threw him in the pool and they were holding him down. It wasn't mm. until he mysteriously popped up again that um, all was well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm I'm glossing over your choice of phrase. Um, I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't have a huge amount of more notes, but one thing that I do have is obviously we we end up um, with Willard White's help uh, trying to pin down Blofeld's location. Yes, I don't have anything in Baja. <laughs> do you not? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we may have found him. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> so off we pop. Um, oh, I didn't even mention wrong pussy. Oh God! Let's not. Let's oh. not seek to that. Let's let's not. Well, that, now I've just got the conundrum of what what to name the episode. Or is it going to be Sausage King, or is it going to be Wrong Pussy? We just don't know. We'll wait and see, shall we? <laughs> see how the mood <laughs> takes me. Everyone listening to this will already know. Of- It'll be yeah. Yes, I wouldn't like to bet which way you're going to go on that. But, I mean, oh. if if you've not read the synopsis, when you read the title, you're going to go, "You what?" And you go, "Oh, it's a, it's a Bond film review, obviously." Obviously, for goodness sake. Um, yes. So they pin him down to an oil rig, basically. They do. Um, and it's a again. A bit odd in terms of a sequence. Well, when you consider the last base that Blofeld had, the hollowed out, the, well, I suppose it depends how you look at it, it's either the hollowed out volcano or the alpine, mm. um, what's it in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but both deeply impressive locations. Oh, yeah. Oh, Feats yeah. of engineering, both of them. Mm. I mean, one of them's real, the other one isn't. Um, uh, yeah, work, work out which is which. Mm, but um, yeah, I, no one's ever gone up a mountain. Um, <laughs> that's oh, right. no. no, no, it's just impossible. No. Um, but then you go, oh, we just might as well do an oil rig. Sod it's it. a slightly knackered oil rig because it was a disused oil rig that they yeah. hired. Yeah. Um, there's another cock up in this sequence. I don't know if you know about it, um, but it doesn't uh, show. No, no, go on, explain, because I'm not okay. sure I know this one. The When they attack it and they start firing the missiles at it and stuff, explosions start to go off and, yep. you know, hilarity ensues. Oh, yeah. Um, and all the helicopters are buzzing around it. Mm. Um, the They were going to have a... Uh, Guy Hamilton, the director, wanted a camera 
He wanted to make sure they got everything set right. So they were going to fire the helicopters in. Everybody was going to be in position, but they weren't going to set the explosions off. They were just going to get all the camera angles right and make sure they've got it. <laughs> right. The uh, assistant director um, got a bit confused. And for the run-through, for the rehearsal, uh, started setting off the explosions. Oh, dear. Now, fortunately, uh, one of the cameramen up in the helicopters realized what was happening and fortunately had film in the camera and started shooting. And most of the shots, the aerial shots of the oil rig from a distance with the explosions going off are from that rehearsal take. That's quite interesting. Shot by one camera because the cameraman realized oh, this isn't supposed to be happening, but uh, perhaps I'd better film it. <laughs> that's that, that's very astute. I, I admire that. Um, I never really noticed. Um... Well, you can't tell because it's shot, you know, it was shot properly. He was ready yeah. to film. Well, but that's it, was, it, it, was... it was a rehearsal and the explosions weren't supposed to be going off, which is why some of those sequences, some of those shots are slightly shaky and from a funny angle. Mm. Um, and it's because he was just filming whatever he could as the helicopter flew round and round the, the oil rig. Oh, um, fair play. That's... But it, apparently it, it... Guy Hamilton, who was legendarily calm, was oh, he... absolutely <laughs> just... <laughs> did, he, did he lose his shit? <laughs> apparently so, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but fortunately... Um, you know, I mean, they only had one chance. I mean, the, the insurance to shoot on an oil rig was off the charts. They only had a certain amount of time. They only had, you know, so much explosive they could do. But they managed to to make it work. Mm. Um, and fortunately, they got a load of footage um, of the and stuff going off. Yeah, so they made it work. But that was another uh, cock-up. Um, one thing that really gets on my tits um with that is when they're on the oil rig and over the address system you have that <laughs> that announcer with that voice the monotone yes <laughs> it's bad isn't it i it's just we want you to take all emotion out of your performance <laughs> Replace it with nothing but volume. Yeah, <laughs> it's really odd, isn't it? Mm. Maybe it's supposed to be, I don't know. This is another film, a bit like Man with the Golden Gun, that isn't quite sure what it's trying to be. Mm. Well, um, the only thing this wanted to be was lucrative. Yeah, well, it, yeah, that's true. You've got to pay his bill. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Really gets on your wick when you're trying to watch it because that is consistent for quite a, a long period of time in the background. Five minutes and counting, mm. and it feels like he's counting every single second. He's, <laughs> he's really going for it. Mm. Yes, and he keeps doing it even when the whole thing's exploding. He's still, you still hear him going. Yeah, it's collapsing around his ears. Other people are legging it, and he's going, no, no. <laughs> he's sat there. His, his hair's on fire. Where is he? Hasn't he got yeah. any hair? But no, his, no. his desk's oh. on fire, but he's still going. It's weird. It... He's dedicated. You give him that. 
He's the uh, one yeah. member of Spectre who seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. All he's got to do is count, and he's on it. He is doing um, it well. Yes. But, I mean, there's one thing as well we probably should factor in. You're going, it's the last appearance of Blofeld, really, isn't it? In the grand for, a scheme long, of for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. I mean, because uh, I know we've got uh, the scene in For Your Eyes Only, but even, even that yeah. is only an assumption and it was never named. No, never named and it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty tenuous, isn't it? It's mm. just a kind of funny pre-title sequence. It doesn't have anything to do with the story of the film. No, um, and we have to get all the way back to um, Daniel Craig, really, which is a we completely do. different incarnation. Yeah, Charles Gray was the last, of, last appearance of Blofeld for decades. Yeah, mm. um, and it really point. wasn't. It really wasn't a brilliant end. Not at all. No, not at all. He's bouncing around on the end of a rope in a submarine thing. Um, that, a proper poncy little submarine thing as well. Oh, like isn't that. it? Isn't it? <laughs> That is. It's really, yeah. it's so Although the, again, the slapstick scene, like we had, you know, the kind of Dukes of Hazard slapstick with the police cars in Las mm. Vegas. We've got the slapstick with him dangling around uh, on the yeah. end of a on the end of a chain in his little submarine. It's just, yeah. you know, not very good. I said lower, not up. Mm. <laughs> All of that. All of that. Yes. It's just if we didn't if. When that film came out, if that was known to be the last bit of Blofeld, mm. people would have been really pissed. I think they would have been annoyed by that, yeah, because Blofeld doesn't appear, other than Fiore's only, doesn't appear in the Roger Moore era at all. No. Um, doesn't appear in either of Dalton's films, doesn't appear in Brosnan's films. No. He is gone for decades, and... When did we last see him dangling around in a poncy little submarine on the end of a chain? Um, did Bond kill him? Well, no, he didn't, as mm. we later find out. But, I mean, yeah, what happened to him? He's just gone. No, it, uh, and, I mean, I know we've discussed it before as well. He, when he reappears in the Craig era, we just go underutilised. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. The closest we ever got to having any sort of depth on him was on a Majesty's Secret Service. Telly Savalas, yeah. I was going to say, well, Blofeld, it's, it's clearly Telly Savalas. Mm. Um, he does have some depth to him in that film. There's some background to him. Yeah, you even, you even learn a little bit about his family and where he came from. And yeah, you, you really get to know the character a bit more and... It's so lightweight in this film. I mean, the whole film is lightweight, isn't it? But uh, yeah, um, yeah. But, and that's no disrespect to Charles Gray. Um, no, no, it just, it, it just isn't much there. No, no, there's not a lot to work with. Uh, but that's uh, fine. I mean, he, he does a reasonable performance, which is good. But it's not, yeah. like you say, it's his fault. That it's quite amusing. Um, yeah, scenes not... with him on the oil rig, amusing, mm. but they're no more than amusing. Uh, yeah. um, so sorry to have ruined the line of your suit for nothing, mm. and all of that. Oh yes, Mr. Case, you're saying a little more cheat than usual. <laughs> yes, he's so downplaying it, isn't he? Mm. Um, However, 
Um, I think both you and I would unanimously agree it it is right up there with one of the good ones. I really like it, despite all its faults and strangeness and mm. it being a bit lightweight. I really like it, and it's it's a film I will often go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you you pick it up out of nowhere. It's apps. It, it's a good. One. It really is, and it is a good. One. It stands on its own. Um, yes, it's weak following on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but you sort of just accept that now. Um, you know, the series was all over the place. They didn't really know what they were doing with it. Um, no. And um, yeah, on Her Majesty's Secret Service stands alone. And- I think Diamonds stands really. Um, it's completely different to what came before it, and it's quite different to what followed it. I mean, you know, James Bond will return in Live and Let Die, um, but Live and Let Die is very different. Although Live and Let Die is more American in mm. parts, um, it just fits with Roger Moore's style more. Um, yeah, 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 massive. Whereas with this, it's all it just doesn't work as well um but having said all that i do really like it yeah it doesn't i will, I will often it. go to it no it doesn't no it doesn't. so there we go so we're going to say that, that this we'll give this one a thumbs up and go right well if you're going to watch something please do um you'll, you'll be fine with this one just yeah. don't don't look too deep <laughs> no no don't 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 be dwelling um right uh where are we going next well we did touch on this didn't we i think we said for your eyes only i think we did and i think that's a very good choice um mm. yes because we said that uh i think you i think you beat me to a suggestion with for your eyes only which i'm not going to argue with in the slightest i think I it was my suggestion on this yeah. yeah and i think yes. i know what i'd like to do following that so oh right mm. good okay so yeah um We'll we'll reconvene in this particular series of episodes with um, a bit of Roger Moore. Then, uh, yes, I think so. We've um, we have done some Mr. Moore, but we'll come back with a later one. That'll yeah, that, yeah, yes, let's do it. But yes, but but please do, please go and spend y- your upcoming weekend with a bit of Diamonds Are Forever. There's just one last thing to clear up, really. No, oh, yes, go, please do. How the hell do we get those diamonds down again? <laughs> Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>